Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Alex Bonilla. Hola. And Andy Potter. Hey. Uh, Alex, uh, Andy and I are here to kick off our Season 4 BoJack coverage uh, uh, getting into the, on this podcast, the first episode of season four of Bojack, see Mr. Peanut Butter Run. Uh, we will be covering all of season four of Bojack. Um, this is new to our coverage slate here at the Overly Animated Podcast. Um, if you're new to us, uh, find us at overlyanimated.com or search for Overly Animated um, on iTunes or your podcast app. You can search for Overly Animated BoJack Horseman and you'll find our BoJack-specific iTunes feed. We have a shiny new logo for that and everything. Um, so you can subscribe to that just to get our BoJack podcast. We'll be going through this entire season for a BoJack just released today on Netflix um, one or two episodes at a time over the course of, uh, question mark, uh, a week, two weeks, who knows, three weeks. Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be taking you all the way through in various combinations of hosts and co-hosts, including some people not on this one, um, through all the, uh, through all of season four. So definitely, uh, subscribe to, uh, us, uh, for all your BoJack podcasting needs, uh, for season four. We're very excited to get into BoJack. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of people who were, uh, very, uh, happy to add this to our coverage slate. We had two, po- two previous Bo- Bojack podcasts, which you can check out leading up to the season. But today we're talking, uh, see Mr. Peanut Butter Run, just the first episode. And on all these podcasts, you will not find spoilers for the future episodes of the season. So you can either watch the whole thing, then listen to us talk about an episode and you can like remember it, or you can watch along with us and you will not be spoiled for future episodes. Um, so yeah, spoilers for episode one, but not beyond on this one. Uh, let's get right into see Mr. Peanut Butter Run, uh, the season premiere here. Alex, uh, what do you think of this season premiere? I think it was fun. Um, it, it's a, a nice introduction. Um, uh, it was very straightforward, like compared to like what we were um, speculating uh, before the when the trailer had come out. We were already speculating. Well, this will center around Mr. Peanut Butter's campaign, at least in the first half of the season. And we're we're digging right into that. It's still a lot, lot a lot more wordplay than I remember from previous <laughs> seasons. So that 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 was a nice uh, surprise here. But uh, and also some interesting work on Diane and how she uh, how she's uh, coping with it uh, as the campaign is just getting started. And yeah, just nice to check in with all the side characters, even if Bojack is nowhere to be seen in this first episode. I don't know about side characters. Our other four main, uh, crew. yeah, yeah, our our, our recurring cast. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh the, the four of them besides Bojack. Yeah, Andy, uh, what do you think of this premiere? Oh, I was really excited. I don't know. When I think about Bojack, I only think about the depressing stuff, and I just kind of <laughs> forget that it's really funny too. And so when I watched this, I was like, I got up at like seven a.m. to watch this before work, and I just turned it on and i'm expecting to be sad i'm like oh this is just really funny this is gonna be and this episode was just like the perfect thing to watch before work and it was just i liked it a lot there were a lot of um not one-liners but like alex said there was a lot of wordplay and i really liked that kind of stuff especially the the governor's name i love i love the governor's name uh woodchuck could chuck um what was his last name woodcut Ber- Berkowitz. Berkowitz. Yeah. Berkowitz. and then somebody called him wood charles like yeah. that was my his favorite wife calls him wood charles yeah I loved that. I don't know. I, I just like this. It was a very fun episode with not a ton of stuff going on, but there's a lot of little things hinting at stuff in the future that I'm interested in seeing where it goes. 
Right. I think it mainly serves just as an introduction. It doesn't have yeah. to be stellar, especially now that we know what kind of quality to expect out of Bojack over the course of a season. This is a nice way to ease us in into the current atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, about what Andy said with the the pressing thing, whenever you pull up a uh, a BoJack YouTube video, uh, everyone in the comments is like, "Oh, I can't wait to be uh, super depressed from season four. Like, there's that's like the only comment you'll find. So this yeah, is the only one. <laughs> yeah, is- I've already begun seeing the backlash on why you do. You guys always make it seem like it's just a sad show it's because it's the sad. interesting stuff to talk about, honestly. Yeah, I mean that you know at its that's definitely one of the most defining aspects of of BoJack is like the existential dread. Uh, but yeah. our, our our Mr. Existential Dread Dread character is not here right now, so that's kind of missing from this premiere. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought this was an okay uh, start to the the season. I wasn't really thrilled with this episode. Um, there's a lot of like funny lines, and as I went back outlining through it, watching it a second time, um, there's there's like. There's solid, uh, just just quick, uh, f- uh, funny like lines or gags. Um, that's what uh, I think we all expect from this show. The show is like always very smart and funny. Um, but I do think this is a an episode that's kind of emblematic of BoJack at its worst. Um, like I think that the show doesn't have bad episodes. It's not. I mean, it has. It has maybe potentially mediocre episodes. It's not, this episode isn't bad, but, um, there's like some funny stuff in here, but it's all kind of lost within the, uh, the plot stuff that they just randomly shove out of nowhere into this episode um, that I don't care about almost anything that happens here in this, in this episode, any sort of plot thing. Um, And it just, it just kind of loses all of the funny momentum that they could have had by, um, you know, by maybe just caring less about the random governor run or any, any, literally anything else that's happening here. Like I think Bojack at its worst is just a good sitcom. Um, And I think that's what this episode is. It's just like, it's, this is a good, good sitcom episode, but that's, I expect more from, from, the show um i expect uh deeper uh characterization deeper narrative funnier stuff um obviously we're going to build up to that i have no doubt that it's coming later this season uh but if we're just evaluating this episode um not i'm I'm not thrilled with it yeah i get what you're saying it really does feel like the mr peanut butter stuff is kind of like a classic b plot from an episode but it's the a plot and it kind of it does feel like i know where this is going i know how this is gonna like turn out and it just it, it does feel like it drags in places for me as well. Yeah, it's like the the governor stuff. I mean, it, it just it really just comes out of nowhere. And um, I wasn't I didn't it is kind of amusing to see it spiral like this. And we kind of get into very thin satire, but <laughs> for the most part, not really. Um, and uh, it was it didn't really engage me. The Todd stuff, um, as usual, did not really engage me, although I do think Todd has the most interesting element of the story right now. And yet somehow he still has a nonsense plotline that doesn't matter. Oh my God. It's so frustrating. Todd, like, Todd had like the most interesting by far ever happened to that character. Um, and there's like 20 seconds of really good stuff there, um, in the diner, but, the, but then he's just like eating kettle corn, whatever. Um, Diane doesn't really even do anything. She's just kind of the framing device for the episode. I think her calls to Bojack are, it's, it's, it's a nice narrative element there, but, um, you know, it doesn't really do anything. And then the uh, the Princess Carolyn stuff um, with Ralph, uh, who I didn't even remember his name, but I definitely don't care about Ralph. Uh, wow. Aw, but Ralph is so sweet. He's sweet, but I absolutely don't care about him. So the, I didn't find that really engaging either. So out of those four, uh, those are our four characters who each have distinctive plot lines in this episode. Alex, which one engaged you the most? 
I think Mr. Peanut Butter, just because like it, it is the main plot, and I think the one that has the most potential to dig into other things. You're right that right now, like in the first episode, it felt very su- superficial. Just the whole like uh, I, I don't want to take a stand right now. I'm just interested in being like likable. Like his, basically his personality throughout the entire show, just applying it to politics and the current political climate. But yeah, I feel like that has the most potential. I, I was also interested by Diane's character work just because it feels like a setup for stuff uh, stuff in the future, like g- digging deeper into how she's been affected by Bojack. Uh, Princess Carolyn and, and Ralph, while I like them as a couple, like in this episode, there wasn't much there to really uh, enjoy. And same with Todd, uh, the just standard Todd shenanigans that don't really go don't really go anywhere. <laughs> But yeah, um, Peanut Butter and Diane, those two I connected with in this episode. Okay, nice. Uh, Andy, what about you? I connected with Diane, but not necessarily Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, Diane, I definitely have an understanding of how she's feeling. I'm in a long-term... Well, my partner's not running for governor, but I am in a no. long-term relationship. Really? No? So you, no, she's okay. not. Or they're oh, not. We would, get, and, we would uh, get massive ratings if you announced it here. Yeah, yeah no, 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 totally. Totally. But... uh. But we're in a long-term relationship, and so, but we're doing it because we want to progress our careers, our education, and it's like I want to support them, but I also just want to be with them, and it's a hard battle where you just want to be with your partner, but you also want them to have what they want to have, and you can see that struggle, Diane. She's a little more on the she just wants what she wants side, and I can, and it's kind of too, it's kind of depressing sometimes seeing that she really just wants things to stay the same without really supporting Mr. Peanut Butter, but I can see where she's coming from, where it's like, she really doesn't want this. She really does not want to be involved in this crazy, zany thing that Mr. Peanut Butter is doing, and I'm worried where that, in considering the trailer and what I've, what we saw from the trailer with them fighting, I'm worried where this will lead. Yeah, I think you've basically just described uh, Diane on the show the past two seasons. <laughs> well, yeah, but this, this was like an encapsulation of Diane, yeah. and like just and, and also, again, I'm coming back to the season with series with fresh eyes and I'm remembering how I feel about things. Yeah, right it's now. been it's been a while. Yeah, and um, yeah. that I was being uh, kind of acerbic there, but it's it, I do think this is absolutely not new ground for Diane with Miss Peanut Butter. No, this is no. <laughs> I but yeah. I've always connected with her. Okay, a bit. yeah. So continued uh, in that realm. Yeah. Um, out of the uh, out of the four, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, I, I <laughs> to be honest, the Todd like the Todd stuff like for the had the most elements of engaging me. I guess like. The, the asexual Well, it's stuff. just the diner scene, right? Yes. But that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, they, they, the, yeah, the asexual talk. That's like, that's like the, by far the most engaging stuff. Like, and it's that, and I guess the Princess Caroline plot, because there's a lot of funny uh, lines in that one. Um, I don't, like, okay. I don't really, I think they move really fast through her and Ralph and everything that's happening there. Um, but there's just a lot of uh, funny stuff surrounding Princess Caroline as usual. Yeah. Um, how about a uh, funniest line from the episode, if uh, or maybe like a gag? What, like, I guess, what was like the funniest moment, uh, if you can think of that off the top of your head, Alex? Um, well, uh, the the drought plan stuck out to me for some reason. Okay. <laughs> Just the fact that it's like the acronym stuff. But I don't know that it, it was a like a lower joke, but that that one's the first one that comes to mind for some reason. Yeah. I feel like that was a notable gag from here. Um, Andy, what what uh, pops in your head? Oh, it's so tough. There's so many funny wordplay things. Uh, I think I'd go with the uh, thing with uh, Mr. Peanut Butter and uh, 
he was talking about how he gets nervous during like thunderstorms and fourth of july and they're having a bath at the same time and there's a stranger in the yard at all at the same time and he was like super nervous and it's like i forget all these like animal jokes they make because they just otherwise ignore that everyone's an animal besides like these random jokes they make every now and then and they're always real they always land really well for me yeah I think that's probably going to be a, a lot of people's funniest line from the episode. I will say, as someone who caught up on the series recently, watched it, watched it all pretty, uh, pr- pretty recently. They do this constantly with Mr. Peanut Butter's character. This is <laughs> they do. It's it's a little frustrating to me that the, just you his. I would say his number one character trait is just dog jokes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but by the way, also they were really pushing hard the catchphrase of "doggy doggy what now." Like, yeah. he hasn't said that in any other. <laughs> I, I think like, it's he funny. Just, it comes yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, I think yeah, that just, was funny too. Just randomly giving him a new a new phrase. Yeah, I think he only says it uh, twice. He says it once in the and beginning, then and then Diane. Yeah, then Diane. Yeah, that Diane's is funniest, I think. Oh. Oh, there's also in the, in the diner scene when um when she says Todd, you're great, and he's like, "What a way to end the sentence!" Yeah, like I don't know, I found that really funny when Todd was just like, "Oh, that's the end of the sentence." And then she's that's like, great. "Todd, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that." It's like lot. classic BoJack dialogue. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that that's a good one too. Um, I have a lot here, so um, <laughs> uh, let's. I'm ready. Yeah, so we got the the uh, yeah, we had a few celebrity references. We can talk about uh, uh those. We had Blake Lively calling um. Uh, Princess Caroline, mommy. That came up a few times. Um, yep, that was interesting. We had uh, D- Princess Caroline saying Jennifer Gardner's in the lobby. She'll sign on for anything. Yes, that that one was my favorite oh, that, celebrity that <laughs> mentions. Yeah, I thought that was unnecessary. I don't know why are we going after Jennifer. <laughs> that, but, uh, Shout out to the uh, Capital One commercial. Yeah, exactly. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think it's what most people said now. Um, uh, this isn't necessarily celebrities, but a, ri- a big episode for a Ryan Seacrest type. Um, like apparently he has his own talk show. I don't think we knew that. I thought he did it a previous season, Maybe. but oh no, I think he had one in like a flashback. He, he a has flashback. the mor- he's the morning, the morning show, yeah, yeah. Shows. With, with oh yeah, with, yeah. Uh, I, I forget the, what they call her, the his co-host, yeah. But then he is like a late yeah. night talk show, and also he's with um, on the MSNBC broadcast at the end. But just yeah. walks off, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "I'm too cold. I'm yeah. done with this." Yeah, <laughs> it's too cold. I can't do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I guess on the topic of the celebrities, we had a, a, a this is a very minor moment for the episode. This doesn't deserve to be mentioned this early, but um, uh, character actress Margot Martindale lost at sea in the in the crawl on one of the television broadcasts. That's our update on her at the end of last season. But right. I knew you were going to mention it, Dylan, because you love her. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to mention oh, yeah. it this early. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, we have uh, well, well, I'll go through the outline anyway. Um. We have we have a bunch of minor characters uh, that we bring up in this episode. Some were I think I guess everyone returning except for like the governor's a new one. Uh, we have Katrina back, one of uh, Mr. Peanut Butter's ex wives. Alex, how do you think that she was used in this episode? Um, standard, just an annoying, uh, a very hard ass lady who is pulling all the strings behind the campaign. And there, there wasn't much depth there to her in this character, in this episode, besides her just being annoyed at everything Peanut Butter says and does. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on her, Andy? I didn't like this part of the, the Mr. Peanut Butter plot. I think of all the contrived things that BoJack Horseman has done, this is the most contrived, and that's very impressive. Uh, it was Get, she, getting his ex-wife involved. You mean? Yes, yes, she, that's what yeah, I mean. She's like just like a narrative, narrative device. Yeah, yeah, like and it's adding this more. St- it's like adding more stress to Diane's life. Like there's so many ways to add de- stress to Diane's life. We don't need to add this ex-wife character we've never seen before. 
Um, I think she was in. She was in previous. She might have been like in a flash. I mean, she has, she has like a yeah. major like this. Yeah, there's. She I didn't. Mean. I don't think she added anything here. I agree. Um, but I maybe she'll be a recurring character this season with the campaign. I expect her to be, and I don't like that. Well, you give her a chance. Come on. I I don't like her <laughs> using this first episode, and I'm not excited yeah. to see her later. Maybe I'll be. No, I, I think that's that's the the problem of this being an introduction episode. The fact that it like bounces around to everyone, so in the end, nobody really shows any depth of any of the characters here. Yeah, none of these side characters not, stand out to me. And it makes it unclear which things are going to stick out longer because we're just seeing a, a quick clips of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have the two best lines from the episode. So I, I no, okay, okay. found them. I found them. So let me let me give you the two best ones. This is probably the best one. So this is from um, the MSNBC anchor. Uh, for the sake oh. for the sake of fairness, we brought in two experts with opposite opinions who will now have equal time to just say those opinions because that's what news is. <laughs> Very reminiscent for me of the. Um, uh, but has the concept of women having a choice gone too far? <laughs> We've brought in three three white men in bow ties. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like the sequel to that line. So that's that, it. Really, is. that was one of the best lines in the show for me. This this one is isn't uh, wasn't as good, but it's it's like very on the nose take on. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, that's how I felt. It was a bit too on the nose and felt like lesser version of the other line. The other one, yeah, the other one was also very on the nose, but it like was. It, I guess for some reason it just worked a lot better. This I guess it, it came out in the of nowhere. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. Th- this could have applied to any single thing. I so agree, and it's, it's like it's like it's like a, a good still. It's still like a good take on on cable news and stuff like this but um you know it was it's 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 been treaded upon in in other but it was funny when it panned out and it was like a skier and like this dressed up woman (laughs) like i was like what these are their two special they're they're two experts someone who skis and someone who knows politics it was i thought that was funny too yeah um here's the i I did like the graphic to ski or not to ski yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and And then he said um that was the line that uh shakespeare said like (laughs) like not even uh yeah yeah, that was interesting okay uh the other here's the other one and another like uh political satire one which is um i think this is the so okay so let's let's bring up uh let's say trump here and bring up trump because this our our uh, mr peanut butter governor line uh governor plot is uh in this episode very vaguely uh like trump referenced uh satire um kind of, i think it's less than vague by the end at the rally at at, at the ski so lodge the, the rally when it's like uh when it basically when it just becomes a trump rally right like that's uh yeah that's that that's like the most on the nose but that, i i felt like that was like okay i guess that's what we're doing here but um i like this line from earlier in the episode which i think was um you know maybe uh more and it wasn't really subtle but it worked better for me as a trump satire um mr peanut butter says but for some reason even though i have zero qualifications i honestly thought i would have made an even better governor um <laughs> yeah like i think i it's it's like yeah it's governor not president yeah it's you know mr peanut butter and part of his like rally speech at the end is him just again making like dog puns so it's not we're not like going all in on the this is just the trump references but um Definitely, I think that we were doing this. Um, Alex, what do you what do you think of the show going in this direction right now? Um, I'd say, well, like it was very superficial because I feel if Trump hadn't happened in the real world, this storyline still would have worked because you've already had celebrities running for governor in the past. Like even in California, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you've also had Jesse Ventura up in Minnesota. So, like, and the whole idea of a celebrity just appealing to the public by by like using their acting skills to fit, say they're one of the people like that's always been a thing in politics. And here I, I personally didn't really see something specific to Trump, like the rally atmosphere you could say is specific to him, 
But otherwise, I felt like the satire was very thin to the point where it, it could just as easily be related to someone besides Trump. Yeah, I think I think if you asked uh, the writers, they would say that as much as much as the Trump satire, this is just uh, based on Schwarzenegger. Um, I, I think that's what they're going for. Like it's the the parallels are more direct. Um, but you know, given the current state of everything, I think they pr- they probably had that in mind already, and then they tuned it. Um, based off of current yeah, events. because like tr- Trump started happening, I would think dur- during the writing of of the season, yeah. so they, you could just as easily adapt it. They've said so during interviews that they saw this happening in real life while they were writing, and they definitely incorporated things into the plot they already had. Yeah, like yeah, but that's I've read mm-hmm. in a few interviews. I got the impression that this was it was they didn't specifically do this plot line because of of Trump, but um, yeah. it's like just inevitable that they have to uh, incorporate some elements of it. Um, yeah. I, I think as the season goes on, I assume if this is a recurring thing, I haven't seen in future episodes, but I think it will be less. I think this I wouldn't be surprised if this was the most blatant Trumpiness stuff uh, in, in the show, like the end of this episode. Um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if we got if we dove even deeper into this. Yeah, I'm of like, opposite, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Andy. I'm of opposite opinion. I haven't seen the rest of it. And I'm just like, it feels like we'll get at least one more rally scene. But maybe that's it, I guess. Just one more crazy rally that's similar to that. But I'm not sure. Yeah, because sure. it it would be an interesting way to go that like if you really want to push on the Trump thing, making peanut butter like very unliked by a by a portion of the population because this episode particularly focused on his desire to be liked by everyone. So if you're going to go down the Trump path and like eventually go into like political divisiveness, that that would be a very interesting way to take peanut butter's character and make it more interesting that way. Yeah, I think we had this discussion on the uh, season four preview. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast where we talked about how it could go and yeah there, I'm there not, are different avenues you can take yeah there are different avenues you can take to really emphasize this it's just it's so hard like i don't know how much actually i'm not even gonna say it i don't i don't want to get into it right now i don't want to get into this right now yeah no i'm I'm fine i'm satisfied with the the depth we got into there on yeah. on, on that i feel like yeah. Yeah, i feel like it I doesn't go just, that much beyond that in the episode thinking. So um, let's let's uh, talk about these other minor characters that are throughout this episode. New ones we talked about: Woodchuck, Kuchuk Berkowitz. Um, you know, obviously solid name there. Uh, I, I thought he was he was good, although he's also functions as mostly a plot device for me. Yeah, right. Although I think his deadpan works perfectly in this episode. It make, makes his lines more funnier, especially like when he's reacting. Like I can't believe we're actually doing this, but we're gonna do a ski race. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I went to Dartmouth and was good at skiing. I I still surprised that this is relevant yeah. to my <laughs> running. Yeah. Like just his his deadpan works very well with this episode, and I like the character so far. Yeah, they uh, Andre uh, Brower they utilize him really well. His uh, his deadpan in these lines, I agree. Um, he's he could be a. I think if if he keeps recurring, that could be a standout side character. In this episode, I thought he's fine, but um, yeah, his drought plan also is very good. Uh, maybe even more shined i feel like was his wife uh madeline with um i i uh, haven't confirmed this but i'm pretty sure voiced by allison brie and um it, it's the vincent adult man voice and uh calling him what charles like uh it's yeah i, I found that very good uh, uh any other madeline andy what do you think of madeline Oh, I I just love her because she has this vintage adult man's voice, but I also really did like the Wood Charles thing. It, it both makes sense. It makes absolutely no sense, which is what every single wordplay th- joke in this show is. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, Professor Thistlethorpe. 
the caterpillar <laughs> professor. That was just a <laughs> weird tangent to take. <laughs> what? Like, what? you could have removed that entire segment from yeah, the episode. Just, yeah, it they, would have changed the thing. They just decided to do a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, parody, right? Like, uh, the going to school training, like, sensei type parody thing. Um, but it was like 30 seconds of content. It made no sense. It felt longer. It felt like two minutes. It was longer than 30 <laughs> seconds, yeah. There, it was, uh, it was, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know why we needed to do that, but um, at least it was, like, kind of focused parody. Like, it, it, I don't know. I almost prefer that to... Yeah, it, it didn't cut away, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, the, the Book of Poetry was, was by Walt Whitmantis. Okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little tired of making jokes about... Um, not that, but in terms of him uh, going to Cocoon at the end. Like, I'm a little tired of making jokes about them being animals. Um, I don't know. I think it works best when they're background gags. Yeah, like... like uh, I, I, like, why is this, like, uh, the whole joke of the scene is, like, he, then he, like, okay, he's a caterpillar, but you could have made him anything, so you just made him a caterpillar, a caterpillar so you could do this joke. Like, it doesn't seem that smart to me. Yeah, I, I'm okay with, like, the wordplay things. I, like, I, like, find the one-off lines, like, Mr. Peanut Butter saying dog jokes or some other type of animal type jokes, like, cat jokes and stuff, but this just felt, it felt way too long, just him going to a cocoon for no reason other than to just be like, I'm in a cocoon, it's over. It, it, it served no purpose at all, it seemed like. Yeah, um, this isn't a character, but we did, we even talked about one of the uh, most prominent sequences. This, this episode is kind of jam packed. We had that parody sequence. We also have um, Katrina's amendment uh, rider um, sequence. Oh, oh my oh, god! Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, I'm blanking. What I'm blanking on the uh, name of this uh, schoolhouse, schoolhouse rock. rock, right? Like our schoolhouse yeah, yeah, rock yeah. parody. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this, Alex? I loved it. <laughs> Uh, and I love to think of the wacky stuff they throw in. Like, I want a bridge to Hawaii. Well, sure. That was favorite. <laughs> like, only in this universe could that be viable. And sure enough, it works. <laughs> apparently, it gets built in the span of the episode. Yeah. It's it's already built, apparently. Yeah, that's that's, what, a th- that's what yeah, She says, because that's a thing you can do now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, as, our, as an animation podcast, we like the reference to <laughs> the Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> um yeah. but uh, uh and also just like in the interviews up to the season they were talking about how they wanted to experiment more with animation style and like this is the first chance we see like mm. them going into that old style and it was fun and just like them going around a little circle like pencil drawings it was nice yeah give me this over the uh the Thorpe sequence later but it was still it's just very random i think what do you think random andy? but it was related to the plot at least yeah that's true it was it did serve a plot purpose andy what do you think of this I loved it. I forget every single amendment they put on there, but I know each one got progressively weirder and weirder. But I, the, the whole the bridge to Hawaii overshadows all of them yeah. because they keep referencing it like that's a thing now, and it costs our our our, uh, our state like billions of dollars for no reason. Yeah, and I really liked that this was all one amendment somehow. Like this was all just one thing, and I don't know how they got everyone. To, I don't know how they got everyone to agree to this stupid fucking bill yeah the i heart uh oh yeah i've no we can curse on this yeah uh the the uh <laughs> yeah i forgot what i was I, it almost came yeah. out and i forgot if we could yeah the uh, willikers the i uh yeah wow that's uh, some strong language there alex the <laughs> i heart yeah. california amendment yeah yeah, love, yeah yeah probably everybody signed just because of the name yeah. they probably didn't even read the bill again pretty yeah, that's, that's, pretty no. surface level political satire like okay yeah uh, like uh, uh what do you mean it's not true loaded amendments like wow hot take here guys but um yeah i, I do like putting in the song see the context of squad i think they could have this i feel like this could have been funnier um but i i did enjoy its presence in the episode 
Um, we also have, so we talked about, uh, Ralph a little bit, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not in on Ralph. Alex, what do you think of Ralph? Well, I think he's nice and, uh, he seems to be very understanding of Princess Carolyn and, uh, for now, like, uh, her, her still being hesitant to reveal things at once, especially at the end there. Uh, like he, he took the news very, um, uh, what's the word? Well, just very calmly, like m- more than you would expect from, like, say, a, n- a new boyfriend. So, all in all, like, right now, he's just very bland, I guess. But, like, it it works just knowing Princess Carolyn, all the trouble she's gone through, the fact that she has a nice relationship going. But I get uh, in the season, I guess we're just interested to see how that lasts, especially now that we have the whole baby thing thrown in, like, they want to actually try having one. And we know Princess Carolyn wanting a family has been a, a theme going on for the past two seasons or so. So that'll be interesting. But in this particular episode, it, it's not much, but it's enough to get me interested in their plotline going forward. Uh, Andy, thoughts on Ralph? I'm interested in the plotline in relation to Princess Carolyn, but I agree with Alex in that he's a pretty boring character. And I think that's kind of the point, because we've seen Princess Carolyn have trouble with these with boyfriends in general, and I'm worried that she's going to feel like because there's this idea that I'm settling for some people and I'm worried Princess Carolyn's going to have that at some point in this season. And and I'm concerned because I want her to be happy and I want her to realize that happiness is not this crazy adventure. It's like, or just for her at least, because she's been having some weird adventures that are really unfortunate for her. And I think some stability is good for her. And I hope she realizes that. Uh, Do we like the greeting cards he sends her? Oh my God. They're all amazing. But the Miss Carolyn one, (laughs) Oh, yeah. He said, I don't want that. Life isn't fairage. Yeah. Um, so this, so this miscarriage thing, um, there's the buildup. The problem is this episode's so fast paced. Um, it's like, okay, she's sick, but I barely even processed that. Um, and then it's like, I'm going to the doctor or something, but yeah, it's, uh, this is, yeah, this, this episode is just trying to do too many things at once. Yeah. Because of its fact as an introduction. Yeah. I didn't, that didn't like, that's a big fake as a big moment for her. And it didn't, it wasn't given any breathing room here. It feel like it should have had like a whole, almost a B plot where we talk about it, but we just didn't at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause this is like the, uh, this is like the C plot of the episode. Maybe, maybe even the D plot. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't are, are we are we calling Todd the B plot? Um, I'd call, I'd call Todd the B plot. Yeah, oh, at the, the Diane C probably. <laughs> um, but that's yeah. Diane definitely is less. Diane intersects with you anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, this uh, I I guess I'm interested in seeing where we go with this. I I worry that um, moving in and having children and stuff is might hinder what we've done with Princess Caroline. I don't know. I, there's some build up, like Alex mentioned, to this her wanting a family thing. Uh, it, it, I guess it's been from like the first episode of the, the show. She's wanted kids from her, her like the whole time mm-hmm. she's been on the show. Yeah. I think this is a new thing. Yeah. Definitely not a new thing. Um, I, okay. I, I'm open to see where we go with it. Uh, at least in this episode could use, could use some more space. Um, let's talk, uh, Todd, um, because, uh, kettle corn, right? That's the highlight here. Yeah. <laughs> the throne. The, okay. Do both of you not like Todd? Cause I'm fine with Todd and you guys seem to I- both. Really I, I'm, him. I'm fine with Todd in small doses. When he gets a B plot dedicated to him, no. But I'm fine I, with him in interaction with other if characters. Todd's a ba- Todd, yeah, he's, if he's a minor character, that's fine. But um, yeah, but like here they isolate him. From, like when he's with Emily, I like him because he has conversation and like things can happen. But when he's isolated, when he's doing these drone things and stealing popcorn, just popping up out of nowhere in the race, 
it, it doesn't add much. It, it's slapstick, but which is fine. But BoJack has much better styles of humor when the, surrounded by Todd. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm I, fine I guess, with him, but in doses. I guess I just like him a little bit more than you guys. I mean, I'm not saying I defend this specific plot because I don't think it was that strong. But I mean, I like Todd in general. I don't think about Todd in a bad way at all. So you're saying I'm never you hate Kettlecorn is what you're saying? Oh, I actually do hate Kettlecorn. What in real oh life? My God. It's it. I don't like it. I just don't. Yeah, let's let's talk about Kettlecorn for the rest of the. No, um, quickly on Todd because <laughs> this isn't related to this episode. But I really hate Todd. Um, this is. I know. You yeah, do. So yeah. I'm 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 in between yeah. you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, so Todd is Todd's whole purpose of this character is he's a parody of pointless characters. Um, but he's just a pointless character himself. And uh, this asexual thing is the first interesting thing they've done with Todd in the entire show. That's my take on it. Literally, uh, so, there's so been nothing did, interesting before that happened. I, you weren't interested in all about his relationship with BoJack, especially going into season three? No. No? You I mean, it's fine. It. It's, like, it, it, again, in relation to other characters, is better, but um, that, you know, not specifically. Yeah, because I particularly liked him in, in that season because it, it went more into, like, his emotions going... So, yeah, I guess this... The, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the fucking season three when he, yeah, he goes on that speech with BoJack. Okay, that's a good moment for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had good moments and good arcs. It's just like right now, if, if he's as, as we talked about in the speculation pod, if they're just going to keep him on these isolated plot lines, then I'm not interested. But if they get him to be involved, like for example, in the campaign with Mister Peanut Butter, then there's chance for hijinks that actually affect the plot and are funny at the same time. Well, I'm interested again in the I'm I'm also interested in the asexual stuff, like you, Dylan. But I'm also interested in possibly like the trailer implied that he'd have a heavy influence on the possible Bojack's daughter character. And that could also be, Hmm. and that could be interesting and funny, but I'm also worried because that's a very, not a very funny plot line from what I can expect from this show. So I'm curious to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, that could be interesting. Let's talk uh, Todd's uh, asexuality plot line here because um, we, we get into some interesting stuff here. And of of course this particularly of note to me and potentially this podcast, I think we're one of the things we're known for is talking about uh, socially progressive stuff on here. So um, like when I was watching Bojack and season one, just kind of a amoral uh, adult comedy show Uh, seasons two and three morphs into more of a socially progressive show. Um, Like we get some, uh, pretty clear uh, takes on like abortion in that episode. And then uh, at the end of season three, we get uh, uh, this this reveal that uh, Todd might be asexual, something we've potentially been building up to for a little bit. I wonder how much this was in the initial DNA of the Todd character, because I feel like there's no initial DNA of the Todd character. But um, uh, we don't. Yeah, I'll try not to be biased against Todd here. But um, this is this is so this is of particular note because there's basically zero asexual representation on television um and this is uh uh like gonna be i can imagine very meaningful for people seeing uh this explored with todd and and the show is making a commitment here to actually explore this with him the thing we get into in this episode is um like labels and him not him being hesitant to label himself um this is this is the type of thing i think a lot of shows that explore progressive issues get into um uh like we get into uh, do we want to talk about labels or no labels and some kind it sometimes can be a little frustrating to have characters try to shirk labels when um labels are something that makes clear representation for for people um but i think that we found a good balance here in um 
in exploring this with Emily and Todd and Todd being like, uh, I think, cause I think realistically for his character, he's now, he's going to be like, does this me? How does this fit me? I don't even know. Um, but, uh, and then Emily's like, uh, kind of, uh, dickishly like, uh, you should, you know, you should be call yourself asexual or something. And, um, very, probably a very controversial line from the episode is her saying, uh, but I want a boyfriend who isn't asexual. Um, and, you know, I think we like, we're going there, like, uh, people's views of, of asexual people, like, this is ace people, like, this is, we're, we're, we're going here, we're exploring this in the, in the show. I worry that we're gonna, like, just approach, like, these topics, we're just gonna bring them up and not actually get into it too much, like, we're getting into people viewing, like, ace people as, like, unromantically undesirable, like Emily is here, um, and, uh, I, the 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 real world take on on what Emily's saying here is that uh, of course she's allowed to be with whatever person she wants to be, but saying saying it in this kind of blunt, uh, somewhat discriminatory way is not uh, cool. I would say. Um, so, uh, but it's a very real take on how people might approach this in 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 like necessarily maybe uninformed or unexposed people might might approach it like this. So, uh, I. I'm pretty happy with this, like, 30 seconds in the diner, as I mentioned. I think it's, like, the highlight of the episode for me. I'm extremely intrigued that this, like, BoJack, like, so this sometimes slapsticky sitcom show, um, like, is getting into Ace issues, like, where no other show on TV, I don't I'm not, I'm, you know, I haven't seen everything, but, uh, this isn't, like, a, a frequently broached topic here, and, um, uh, it's, this this can be very meaningful in in terms of the larger larger progressive discourse and larger and meaningful representation for people um so yeah i'm i'm i was really in on that uh very intrigued to see where we go next uh and your alex uh cosine thoughts here on um how it was approached in this episode i really i i agree with pretty much everything you said you you covered pretty much all of it and i emily especially this was it, it's a very nuance from a viewer perspective this was a very it's from our perspective it's like yeah she's saying something that's wrong but the show is not saying she's right they're saying she is being kind of a jerk but at the same time it's not coming from a place of hate it's coming from a place of she doesn't understand how this works and i think that's the way it came across to me she doesn't understand how todd feels about this in any way and i hope we really explore that facet of it because as well as i really hope we explore todd's but I mean, I hope we do come back to this, at least in another small scene later, where we maybe try to not explain, but we see if Emily understands a little better what's going on, because that's an important part of this. We can't just because if Todd understands himself, that doesn't mean anyone else does as well. And that could be that could just lead to more hurt for him in the future. And I hope the show portrays that correctly and in, in a good way. And I think they will, because just that 30 second diner scene was great and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and like, of course, Emily can, uh, want to be with someone who, yes. who wants yes. to be with her sexually, but at the same time, she, the way she says it, it's like, um, this, this, uh, this kind of uh discriminatory view that like asexual people like, like can't have sex or like don't have sex or something. And that's like, not like Todd, like could, uh, you know, you got getting fully into asexual share, like Todd, you know, could like, you should, like they could talk this out more and, you know, and this is Todd could do it for like her benefit or something. Right. Like this yeah. is, um, and, and Emily's like uh very dismissive of him as a, uh, as a potential partner without even. It seems d- like she doesn't want to sit down it. and talk. Right. Like that's yeah. the part. She's, she seems to sit down and talk with Todd yeah. about it. Cause Todd wasn't ready to talk at the end of the season in season three, but now it feels like Todd's ready to talk about it, at least have a conversation. And it feels like Emily's just kind of, 
no, our last conversation, like, I'm ready to just cut this off. Like, and I feel like that's wrong. And I feel like they really just need to talk in, maybe not in the diner is not the right place to have this talk. But I mean, they should find a way to do it and talk about this and have a sense of standing between them. Yeah, definitely. I I can imagine this would be a hard topic for them to get into now when Todd is so like unsure of everything for himself. So like, I think this is like a pretty realistic portrayal of what would happen in the situation. Um, And everything Todd Todd just does need to sit down and talk to someone who, who uh, like knows what they're talking about. And um, hopefully not Bojack of all people. I don't know. (laughs) Bojack. I feel like Bojack could be one of the more support. Bojack at his best could be supportive. Yes. But I don't think he's at his best. Well, yeah, we haven't seen it. Yeah, maybe him that. running with the horses is really good for him and now he'll come back clear-headed now but um it's uh you know i like like the like this would be a great bojack todd moment if uh like they talked this this part of todd yeah. out yeah um so yeah i'd love i'd love the show to continue down this direction and get get even even more depth into into this and um also yeah i'll keep i like keeping emily around as well i think this is this is interesting future direction. But then, of course, we send Todd off on a uh, drone throne with kettle corn, and then he becomes governor for a second, and then other nonsense. So I don't know how optimistic but I am. He, but. I don't think we're dropping off because he made a joke about the label thing, and it was a joke, but it makes sure the viewer remembers right. it's still a thing. It's part of his character. I did like how they tied it in with the, uh, yeah, I don't want yeah. to be governor because I don't like labels. Yeah, that's that was, that was a good moment. Yeah. So, okay. So this, uh, interesting stuff we will, uh, potentially be tracking all season here. Um, what else have we not talked about? Other characters, uh, Judah is back. Um, I've never really gotten anything out of this guy. Um, I've enjoyed him in past deadpan works well, especially in contrast to princess Carolyn, but just in this episode, he's used very little. So yeah, nothing sticks out for me, uh, for me here. There's one great line though where, uh, where I forget who calls him Rain Man Bun. Um, uh, it was I think it was Katrina. Katrina yeah, called, yeah, calling him Rain Man Bun. Uh, pretty great. Uh, yeah, the encapsulation of his character. <laughs> pretty mean, but yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go for that. Uh, the beginning of this episode, we open up uh, the cold open to the season with the origins of Mister Peanut Butter's house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of unrelated to anything else that happens. We see David Chase run show uh, being the showrunner here, kind well, of briefly mentioned in a previous like gag, and then we get him here. Uh, I think it's not com- it's not completely unrelated. There is a thematic through yeah, the line yeah, to sure. the govern- gubernatorial race. Yeah, thematically related. Um, my favorite part of this sequence is just that this show is uh, initially titled "The Untitled Horsing Around Knockoff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're completely embracing it. Yeah. Alex, what do you think of uh this like seeing the origins of Mr. Peanut Butter here? Uh yeah, I think it's it's only interesting in the sense that it shows that peanut butter has always been like this, uh, desiring to be lo- to be liked and just with the natural ability to do that like he can just walk into a room and just connect with any audience. But because uh, of his ability, he he also always has that desire. And it, as far as we know, he doesn't really have the ability to turn that off. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes going into the rest of the season. And it's interesting that they choose that to highlight as the beginning of the entire season. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, and I'm really excited because when you show a character like at the beginning like this, like a flashback, especially as the first scene of a season, it really implies to me at least that we're going to see a change in Mr. Peanut Butter at some point this season. And we're going to see some struggle with this person that he's been his whole life 
and I'm and I'm interested to see that because we've not really seen any of that during the show, except maybe in the game show episode we saw a little bit of the depth of him. But other than that, it's really been pretty surface level with Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah, I and mean, when we got backstory with his family, um... but I mean that was it. That was backstory for his character, like his the character of him, but not his characterization hmm. well i i think part of that was also like him needing to hide uh, worries and anxieties because he has to put on this persona of always being happy around people so th- that that did contribute to that and i think that might show up again later in, in the season the fact that the pressures of the campaign he's gonna have to compartmentalize more and more yeah and there might come a breaking point at some point point. and I'd, I'd hope for that because when you have a character who is covering things up it's hard to tell when they're covering things up or when it's just the writer just forgot they wrote this plot. And he's, and I don't think they did. I don't think in this show they did. I'm just saying in some shows you have characters like that and they just have an episode where they show this vulnerability and then they're like, oh, but they're always, they're always wearing a mask. We're never going to show underneath it again. And so it's good that it would be really good if we get on a peek under that mask again. And well, not good. It's probably really bad for him well, and good, his relationship. Good for our entertainment. <laughs> yes. Good for our entertainment. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see where we take this. Uh, we had, uh, just running through things I missed now, um, uh, Diane working at Girl Krush. Um, we see that briefly. Yep. Yeah, her piece on, like, what, refugee kids playing softball or whatever, kickball, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not as good as penis outlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we made this joke last season, but yeah, there you go. Uh, we had the, uh, Ra- we had a Ralph encapsulation line. We have a could you, would you with a mouse, like their move in oh talk. My God. Yeah. yeah, it it is funny that we were th- thinking that that had to do with pregnancy and the end it just oh, I ended up being sex. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah well, pregnancy. you said sex, yeah. but in the end it just being, do you want to move in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like later Ralph being like, uh, being like, uh, and we could have kids and uh, that whole Ralph speech. That, so my take on that, it seemed very male centric, the Ralph speech at the end with Princess Caroline. Um, and then it's also like, uh, and, uh, and, uh, like hacking sex and we're really good at it. Like, why do we need that? Like, um, well, what do we need the, they're really good at it from Ralph? Like, I don't know who this person um, is. I, that, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's just a reflection of their relationship. They've always seemed to be very playful with each other. And also probably Princess Carolyn has expressed these desires in the past, assuming yeah. that they've been together for a while. So it could also be a, a sense of the, the man in this case, like showing respect for the desires of, of the woman. And maybe he, he never, as far as we know, he doesn't have kids and he's already pretty old. So the fact that at this age he he's interested in having kids, but be, uh, maybe that's because of Princess Carolyn, not because of himself. Yeah, I just I I, I don't feel uh, connected right now to it's very yeah. Level. I don't feel connected to this character at all. So and their relationship, I feel like they haven't been together very long in the show, and um, just I think the problem is that the show also does a lot of time jumps. Yeah. So like to so us, yeah. we don't see it very often, but for all we know, these people could have been together for right. like this, six months. Didn't so they get together like tough. towards the end of last season? Like. Yeah, right. But there have been like th- two time right. jumps. Like, I, don't, I don't care about Ralph yeah. or their relationship. Like you're giving me no reason. So I'm not invested in this. I don't care about his recounting anyway. Um, mm-hmm. More important stuff. We have uh, FX's American Dead Girl miniseries. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're doing. I hope I hope to God we don't see any of this in the show because it'll be so depressing. And if we yeah, see they're it. doing the Sarah Lynn story and they want to they want to cast a Bojack. Yeah. Um, so there's our Sarah Lynn reference to the episode. I, I, I did enjoy that, like, at first, because we didn't know about the miscarriage thing. At, at that point, I thought he she was vomiting because of just the mention of Bojack yeah, Horseman. Like, that like, was... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did like that kind of misdirect. Yeah. Um, I hope we see it because I just want any Sarah Lynn here. 
That's my biggest worry for the season is no Sarah Lynn. We're going to have like a VHS tape of her. And those are like the most depressing things ever when you have like a tape, someone acting all happy when they're already dead. Or, or or you get an actress to play like like get sets Tina Aquafina <laughs> to play Sarah. Oh my God. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I, I just no, I'm anything and to get Sarah Lynn back on the show. Like, let's do that. Um, we have uh, Paul Blart three till death do us Blart. I've seen both those movies. What they Why? are? <laughs> okay, about the first one. <laughs> the first one is legitimately funny, and I will stand by that till the day I die. But. The second one is complete crap. Also, uh, I believe "Till Death Do Us Blart" is the name of a, of a podcast. So, is that true? Um, my, yeah, is I, I be- pretty okay. sure I've he- I've heard the name before be- before the show. I'm looking it up right okay. now. Uh, we have the uh, Princess Caroline says the transgender planes, trains, and automobiles reboot uh, plans. Trans a man a canal Panama. Um, that was an interesting joke. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know how, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm missing something or if it's just a weird joke, but like, <laughs> oh God, it's a, it's a real podcast. Okay. It's by the McElroy brothers. Okay, I'm glad that you just watch Paul Blart mall cop and that's every podcast. So is it a reference to a real part of Paul Blart <laughs> podcast? Interesting. I guess they, they just watch the, the movie over and over again. And that's each podcast and they watch it with other people. Why would they ever do that? Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, we'll, we'll yeah, listen just, to it after. Uh, no, l- later in the episode, we have um, uh, what's his name again? The Woodchuck, Woodchuck's uh, predecessors. You list them off, and then uh, and then and played Mister Freeze <laughs> in a Batman movie. Yes, yeah. or, no, Schwarzenegger. or Schwarzenegger reference. Schwarzenegger. I feel like ah, uh, uh-huh. but Schwarzenegger specifically ran for governor and played yeah, yeah. Mister okay. Freeze. So that was I, that was uh, are we? I don't know. Like that though, is it too on the nose with our Schwarzenegger uh, parody here? Well, I, I don't think so, because I was expecting him just to say Schwarzenegger, yeah. and he just panned over to Mr. Freeze, and I just thought it was perfect, because yeah. it, it just fits the world so much that he that he's posed as Mr. Freeze in his, in his portrait. Yeah, that's true. Also, it's, it's California, so it's locationally relevant. Location, locationally yeah. relevant, yeah. Um, what do we get? We, had, uh, we talked about that. Um, yeah, I think we... Uh, Hit on everything here. Oh, so uh, Mr. Peanut Butter at the end. So where's the candidate for regular schmoes like me who went to Northwestern? Yeah. Um, when uh, he says Woodchuck uh, went to Dartmouth. Yeah. So that's, again, I feel like with the, that's that felt like an on-the-nose Trump parody, Trump line for me. Yeah. You know? It's like Trump trying to represent the the regular people when he is just like a New York elitist. Yeah. And or, super or, celebra- or celebrities making themselves more relatable to the public. Yeah. I guess I guess works on on both levels here. So, there you go. That is uh, the first episode. Same um, as peanut butter run. Anything we missed, Alex? Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about the intro? The little, little change there with yeah. What, the, what changed? Bojack? What changed in the intro? Well, like it, instead, like for the middle scene that that was changed, it's like him having like kind of a drug trip sort of thing with seeing all the people he's kind of like had problems with in the past. Princess Carolyn, Herb Kazaz, if Sarah Lynn is in there, so and then it all just comes into a bubble of alcohol that drops into his cup. Yeah. So eh, interesting, especially since we don't see Bojack here. So like, but it seems like a foreshadowing of things to come of is how he deals with his problems. I. I viewed the intro more as like just a recap of what happened at the end of last season. Like he just had a drug trip and now he's gone. Like that's how I saw it. But it was a nice surprise to see it was different. I mean, I definitely watch the intro each time in this show now. 
and I usually regret it because it us- the intro doesn't usually change, but sometimes it does, so I have to watch it every time. And this was a nice surprise seeing at least a little bit of change in the intro and seeing that they are incorporating what happened last season into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they, I did, I, I like usually skip the intro, but I watched this time and I did notice that, that change there. Um, of the, I think the uh, most notable intro thing though is that Netflix has now added the skip intro button to, to Bojack yeah. episodes. So you can hit the skip intro button How dare for, they? for this season of Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> That's Netflix's new technology that happened since last season. So it's been added. It's yeah. great technology. Yeah. Uh, Alex, anything uh, else? Uh, also, uh, altered ending theme. <laughs> we got a Mr. Peanut Butter campaign song. Okay. No, anybody was hyped for that? No. <laughs> it was similar, right? It was very yeah. similar. Uh, I'm your governor, Mr. Peanut Butter Man. I'm tasty and good looking, cause that's just who I am. Go vote. <laughs> so there was probably other parts of that song, but that's the only part that's that that good. Recounting of it, nice, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anything else there? I just like the ending themes whenever they change. Yeah. Andy, uh, just, any any other topics? Any, any, um, not that I can think okay. of. There was just so much. I think we covered all of it. Oh, the the drone throne. Like, everyone arguing about it. I thought that was probably the stupidest joke of the entire episode. Yeah, it can't be, it can't like, be a drone, yeah. Yeah, like, it was like, can we just move on? I, I'm over this joke. Like, I was over it, like, after the second time you said it. Yeah, I feel like that's why we say unmanned drone in public in real life because there are drones that are manned, right? Like I didn't get that joke at all. No, 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 no. We don't. We don't have manned drones. Unmanned drone is just like a political term. They just do that just to like emphasize that there's Wait. no one, even though they're still controlled by people. Okay, we don't. We don't. No, need, my okay, entire we'll, life is a yeah, lie. Okay, we don't need to get this. So. <laughs> Yeah, we don't, we don't get into this. There you but. go. So, um, so that joke was made for people like me who didn't know. No, the I don't difference. think, so. I don't think <laughs> so. So, Alex, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's not an impressive episode by BoJack standards, but it, it, it hits all the points that we're interested in going into the season besides BoJack. So, um, yeah, it serves well as an introduction. On its uh, In a vacuum, the episode isn't that great, but yeah, lot, lots of gags, lots of wordplay. Sta- standard BoJack. I think BoJack's kid was the thing I was most interested in going into this. That's also a plot line we haven't okay, touched yeah. yet. I'm really interested in Andy, that. what are your... I'm just really interested in the campaign. I don't, I don't know, but... Uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens to Peanut Butter here. Okay, nice. I'm more interested to see about their marriage than anything else, but that is tied into the campaign. Yeah, definitely but, tied um, in this episode. Yeah, closing thoughts, Andy? I, I, I think I'm a little higher on this episode than you guys, but that's because I haven't watched BoJack, I think, the longest of you guys. Like, I had a, I've, I watched season three when it came out, and then I have not watched it since. And this was a nice jumping-off point to get me back into the show. And maybe I'll be a little more down on it after seeing the rest of the season. But right now I'm just like, yep, it's BoJack. It's back. I'm ready for more. Yeah, ready for more. So we will be covering uh, the rest of season four of BoJack. Stick with us here at Overly Animated. Subscribe to our BoJack-specific iTunes feed or our main feed to keep up, to keep up with our BoJack podcast, OverlyAnimated.com for all of that. We'll next be covering some combination of the next two episodes. Uh, episode two, The Old Sugar Man Place. Interesting. And uh, uh, so I'll be watching uh, that soon as well. Um, ch- yeah, I said, uh, check us out, overlyanimate.com. We have a bunch of other animation stuff coming up, including Rick and Morty, 
podcast twice a week. So uh, if you like BoJack, maybe you'll like Rick and Morty, and you can listen to our Rick and Morty podcast as well there. Uh, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Ryan, a.k.a. Brian. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, yep, we'll be back with more BoJack uh, with um, getting some other hosts and co-hosts in here, some more fresh takes on season and all of our other stuff at overlyanimated.com let us know what you thought of our discussion here um and if you want to make if you want to support our bojack reviews definitely our our bojack podcast you can definitely leave us an itunes review at overlyanimated.com slash itunes or on our bojack specific feed that would help us a lot so uh thank you guys very much for listening we'll see you next time bye adios bye